1: All right. We're back with Spit. Not officially back. We're still on summer hiatus. Scott and I are on break with Spit, but we're here live with a, just a little introduction to remind people what's going on. We introduced the Boardroom Show or reintroduced the Boardroom Show podcast last week. Scott interviewed Justin Tiernis. This week, Scott, who do you got? Michael Arnal from Arenal Surfboards, also shapes for Hobie. Awesome. Um, Michael's five years ago... I was interviewing Josh Martin and towards the end of the interview, I asked Josh, who's kind of a young up and coming shaper who you're excited to see when you're scrolling Instagram and you see their work, you're like, oh, I'm going to check this out. And right off the bat, without hesitation, he goes, there's a kid named Mike Ar- Michael Arnall who um, looks like he's killing it. He's like, I don't know him. I'd like to meet him at some point. And I think they have become friends since then. But in the last five years, I feel like Michael really has approached it. He's not trying to reinvent a wheel or anything. He's kind of, it seems like based in traditional styles of surfboards, but doing a really amazing job.
0: Yeah. And in the podcast, Michael touches on a really sweet story where he had, um, you know, a moment with Terry Martin, Josh's father, rest in peace, Terry Martin. And so it's a great uh, little interview, you know, and um, it's fun to get to know, get to know
1: Michael a little deeper. Awesome. Yeah. I'm glad to hear from them as well. Um, And so enjoy that. The Boardroom Show podcast has its own feed. So we're going to be simultaneously posting this over there as well. But we're putting it here just to remind people uh, that that's back from hiatus. There's a deep archive of episodes that people can dive into. A lot of people who are exhibitors and involved with the actual Boardroom Show trade show, which is coming up in October. So go check that out. And then also a reminder that Driftline dot uh, Co is with us driftline board shorts. What can you tell me, Scott?
0: What can I tell you is that function and fashion finally meet because they have this really thin layer of wetsuit lined board short. It's board short on the outside, wetsuit on the inside. It's like you know, party in the front, business in the rear type of deal. The wetsuit liner keeps you warm. It keeps the family jewels where they need to be. No chafing. I absolutely love these board shorts. I came upon these board shorts organically. Much like a lot of our sponsors, David, we found this thing. We tried it randomly. We both tried it in separate I moments know. in our chrono- chronology here. And um, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I took them down to Mexico and um, I just got another pair. They're, they're the short.
1: That I turn to for when I'm in warm water? You know, the other thing that they introduced since I first got my first pair um, is the eco drifty. So, you know, there's a lot of times where even surfboard manufacturers, they'll want to introduce an eco version of the board, but it's more expensive. And then the market doesn't really support it. So they go back to using traditional materials. Well, in this instance, Driftline produced both uh, board shorts side by side. So you can buy the regular Driftline uh Drifty board short or the Eco board short if you want to put your money where your mouth is it's a slight it's slightly more expensive only slightly but the benefit is that uh it saves 70% more water in production 50% less carbon emission so better for the environment costs slightly more to make but if you want to support that and support reducing carbon footprint buy the Eco Drifty Absolutely. Driftline.co. Use the
0: code SPIT, S P I T, for 15% off. Right now, look, it's summer season. It's time to get board shorts. And these are my go to. These are my favorites. I'm super psyched on them. And only because they work great. Yeah, you know, totally. uh, it has nothing to do with anything other than when something works, I use it.
1: Totally. We're using it right now. As a matter of fact, taking this week off spit to spend some time in the water. So, thank you, listeners, for all the support throughout all of the years and allowing us to have this little break and on to the Boardroom Podcast with Scott Bass, Michael Arnold.
0: Hey there, podcast listeners. I want to tell you real quick about the Boardroom International Surfboard Show presented by US Blanks coming up October 7th and 8th. A massive hall at the Delmar Fairgrounds filled with the entire surfboard building community and industry. For more information, visit BoardroomShow.com. Now, on to the podcast. California shaper Michael Arnall has roughly 10 years under his belt and is one of the most sought after California surfboard shapers of the past few years. He recently went to Portugal to shape and he's been selected by Bing Copeland as one of the participants as we honor Bing in the Icons of Foam shape-off competition. On this episode of the Boardroom Podcast, Michael Arnall, let us begin. Welcome, uh, Michael Arnall, to the Boardroom Podcast. Of course, Michael, you uh, have a brand, a board label, Arnall Surfboards from Ventura. By the way, I could be (laughs) messing up quite a bit. Please step in if I butcher this at all. But um, I'll start by saying that that a couple of years ago, you won Best in Show, the board build-off at the Boardroom Show. Um, I met you there briefly. Uh, You're building beautiful surfboards. I believe you're affiliated with Hobie in some way, and I know you have your own label. You've been selected by Bing Copeland to compete in the icons of Foam Shape off honoring Bing in October at the boardroom show. You got lots going on, Michael. Welcome to the show, buddy.
2: Yeah, thanks so much, Scott. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: You recently returned from Portugal, right? You had a shaping trip. Tell me a little bit about that. That looks interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I just got back from Portugal about two weeks ago and went over there and worked out of a shop with the wave gliders crew in Ari And yeah, I went over initially and in the first time in 2019 for to shape for trim craft, Ryan Lovelace's label, and then kind of put a pause on during COVID just with traveling and everything. And then went back again last year for my own label. And then again this year. So just kind of, keeping it going it's it's been yeah it's been super fun
0: and how many boards does do you do you build when you go over there what's your workload like
2: they they generally shoot for around 15 so yeah it's it's pretty mellow right now you know they're just kind of yeah not not too little not too much you know just try to keep it keep it going in that sense
0: yeah and does does 15 boards obviously it pays the bills right to get over there and all that
2: yeah yeah it's it it's definitely, um, it makes it worth it for sure. I, it, I basically just have to pay my way at my, my flight and then they kind of handle housing and all that stuff, transportation. So yeah, it works out good. And it's all, um, when I'm over there, um, it's all hand shaping. So it's, it's, a, it's, you know, it's a good amount of work. Do
0: yeah, you bring it your tools? Do you, you bring all your own gear?
2: Yeah, yeah, I just throw it all in a suitcase and just hope for the best that it makes it. <laughs> yeah.
0: You ever yeah. have any problems with immigration getting getting, acro- getting your tools across the border?
2: No, thankfully, I've always kind of wondered about that, but you know, it's never been an issue. I've never heard of it being an issue for anyone else. So, yeah, yeah hopefully, it keeps going that way.
0: I know Tomo and those guys from Australia when they come over, they they run into some issues. So, you know, every country's different. Oh,
2: really? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. What about surfing over there? The surf looks great. I've been there. It reminds me a lot of of southern California in like 1940.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's definitely very similar to California the way the landscape and the uh is and everything, it's just kind of the way the cliffs are. Like like part of it reminds me of northern California and then others like a little bit more like San Diego with the reefs and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it is very similar in a sense. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And, and when you go over there, are you, are you sort of geeked out on surfing? Are you fired up on surfing or are you like, okay, I'm going over there to work and if I get a few waves, so be it.
2: Yeah. It's kind of more that way. I feel like it's, it's usually the amount of time I have when I'm over there. It's like I'm pretty focused on getting the work done and then try to have a day or two to focus on surfing. Um, this last time, unfortunately, I didn't even surf at all because it was just really windy the whole time. And then just kind of, when, when slot but um and then of course the day I left i get a text from from nico and it's like glassy and and nice and perfect so how it goes murphy's live. yeah yeah totally
0: tell me a little bit about ericera i've as i mentioned i've been there but i don't know if our listeners know the region very well where is it in relative to lisbon or lisboa
2: yeah yeah so it's it's about a 40 45 minute drive Um, north of Lisbon yeah so it's pretty it's pretty close it's definitely easy to jump to if you're if you're in Lisbon already Um, I mean you can even take a taxi there if you really wanted to so yeah
0: Yeah. and the town itself Aracera like if you were to um, I mean it's obviously it's really difficult to compare old European towns anywhere in California but um, size-wise Aracera is it like ventura or is it like santa cruz or you know like how is it Uh, it feel like is there anything that
2: yeah that's a good question um yeah it's so different and just the way it's laid out with the way the buildings are and everything yeah i would almost say hmm, definitely not like santa cruz i'd say smaller than yeah maybe more closer to like a ventura definitely smaller than santa barbara you know it's pretty it's pretty tight because it's also just kind of on a hill so everything kind of feeds down into the ocean so the main kind of like center of town it's it's relatively pretty
0: small yeah yeah you imagine it must be probably an old fishing village right
2: yeah yeah as far as i know um that's how it was yeah that's how it was established
0: yeah and did you get into like so when I was there, I re- I remember being blown away by the buildings and how old they were. And in specific yeah. restaurant I went into, the door was like twelve feet wide and <laughs> six feet tall and weighed about seven hundred pounds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is there parts of the culture there that that just excite you or that just kind of blew you away?
2: Yeah, totally. It it is it is pretty cool to I mean go to a, a place where there's all these buildings that are hundreds sometimes like close to a thousand years old and still functioning and people are living in them and all this stuff so it's it's totally different you know compared to especially california but it's yeah it's definitely pretty it's pretty cool and then i mean i got a whole like history lesson i was over there from nico at wave gliders and it was it's pretty it's pretty incredible to be like in a place like that that has so much history and culture for a long time it's it's really cool
0: it really is awesome are you a history guy Is is history interest you
2: uh you know as like more and more when i was a kid i i hated history (laughs) but as i get older yeah you know i mean i think as you start traveling and stuff it's just inevitable things become interesting and you want to learn about it so
0: for sure yeah
2: yeah When, when did you go to portugal
0: i went to portugal in um let's see it was 92 i was oh, okay. on a sailboat i was working on a sailboat and that was oh, one wow. of those stops was lisbon yeah it was um it was fascinating and i want to go back i like i said it from a surfing you know, from a selfish surfing standpoint it
2: yeah I know,
0: I know that the the dollar the exchange rate is pretty good especially relative yeah to, everything about it is really neat you know like i and totally. it, in a weird way this would never happen but and you you probably can't relate to this because you're much younger but I look at it like that would be a cool place to retire. Portugal. (laughs) I mean,
2: Uh, so you you, did you you must have traveled the world on that boat then? It sounds like you kind of went around a bit.
0: Yeah, we started in England and we sailed up to the Amsterdam area and we went back down through the English Channel into the Bay of Biscay and went to some various places. We stopped in France and in Lisbon and Cape Verde and um the Canaries, and then cross the Atlantic to um, mm. Barbados. No, yeah. no way! Yeah, it was quite. A yeah, dream. that's amazing. Yeah, it was good stuff for sure. It was fun. Um, thanks for taking an interest in me. That's kind of you. But this. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I know. I, I do Yeah, I wish I could. I wanna. I wanna learn more about you because I feel like whenever I see you, it's a boardroom show, and you're running around because you're busy, and it's like I never get a chance to talk to you. So it's cool. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I do, I do run around like a freak and I probably shouldn't, I don't really need to, I just feel like I need to look busy for some reason, but (laughs) you mentioned um, trim craft and going over there um, was, I I guess um, I'm interested in sort of your foundation. Like how did you get into shaping? Where did that start? Where did that incubate?
2: yeah um initially i mean i just i started in i guess my junior year of high school i was just with a buddy just we we're like let's let's just try to do this let's grab some blanks and it was kind of it was during the time when um alias uh, were kind of becoming popular and that was pretty approachable you know just got to shape a piece of wood mm-hmm. a flat piece of wood so did a couple of those and then at a, some at a point like oh let's try to let's try to make a real surfboard and then so got some foam and did it and then kind of just kept doing it and doing it and it kept enjoying it. And then, I don't know, along the way I was working at the Hopi shop at that time as well. Where? In Dana? And then, and did point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The Dana point shop. And then, so through being there, just meeting people, being around there and then, um, yeah, slowly got opportunities to, to shape and just kind of work with people and, basically through the Hobie guys. Yeah. Like initially met Gary Larson and then Tyler Warren, and then started to get jobs and a couple of glass shops for a brief, brief amount of time. First at Waterman's Guild and then at Wes Holderman's shop in Oceanside. And those are pretty short stints. And then I kind of just, for whatever reason, I kept kind of kind of kept getting jobs shaping kind of mm-hmm. thankfully and luckily. Yeah. Um, and then it was with, um, the kookbox the guys um drew out in new york
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then slowly with hobie and then yeah so it's just kind of a long journey yeah. that uh, very fortunately i just kind of kept finding my way into shaping jobs you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. And,
0: and who of those guys that you mentioned um or and maybe you haven't mentioned them but who was really influential and who was real positive and real like hey, you're doing a great job, you know, like who is supportive of you from a mentor standpoint?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I honestly, I feel like pretty much, man, everyone I really ran to, I feel pretty lucky in that regard because I've heard kind of bad stories of other people where they really got shut out by people. They'd be like, no, like, go, you know, they don't want to teach them or whatever. But initially I, the first person I met initially was Donald Brink Mm -hmm. and he was, I mean, looking back now, how gracious he was and how much he shared with me, I'm like, oh, that's, that's he took so much time. You know, I would just come out, hang out and bug him and he would stop <laughs> and just like talk to me and like hang out and take the time. And yeah, looking back now, I'm like, it blows my mind. He, you know, he's, he's such a kind person and he's, yeah, a, he's a legend. Man.
0: Yeah. He's very, smart. yeah.
2: Yeah. So definitely very, um, very thankful to Donnie for all the time and everything he showed cool.
0: me. Yeah. He really pays it forward. Anybody else? That, yeah. Like, I'm, I, in the back of my head, I'm like, Mickey Munoz? Did, did Mickey stop by and help you at all? Yeah.
2: You know, I never really spent any time with Mickey. I met him a couple of times, but nothing, you know, yeah. very briefly. Yeah. Uh, there was one point when I was at, um, uh, hanging out at Donnie's shop and Terry Martin stopped by. And I remember being like, oh, it's Terry Martin. And then yeah. he, it was like my first board. I was showing Donnie and he just happened to be there. Yeah. And then, you know, he's like, so kind of like, this is great. You know, and it's just like my first board. He's like being so positive. I'm like, so, which is pretty cool. I mean, to have, to have someone like Terry come up and, and talk about your first board and be excited about it. I feel like that was probably pretty hugely influential because if he came up and I was like, ah, uh, you know, whatever, I probably would have been like, oh, geez, I don't know. But, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I think I definitely got a lot of positivity in the beginning, which is super, uh. I'm super thankful for
0: <laughs> that is so cool man that is so great What and terry's such a great was uh, and still is i mean he's still with yeah. us in that's so cool a quick story terry was in the very first shape off and oh really uh, yeah and we were oh. replicating a mike diffender for we were honoring mike diffender for and the board that we were replicating had a twist in it mm. and terry's the only guy that shaped the twist into the final product. <laughs> That's how. That's how great that guy is. That's,
2: yeah. Uh, oh, that's oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah,
0: he was a great guy. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: and and I imagine so. You grew up in the Dana Point area, and you started surfing in that area, Orange County area. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, I was always just kind of just like a town in from basically Dana Point and like San Juan, and then Mission Viejo. So kind of in that area. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty much grew up like surfing creek and pretty much you go down to santo and, and trestle and church a lot
0: yeah yeah and were you riding like what what year was were you working at dana when you were just getting started like how old were you oh uh,
2: yeah i was i was probably when i was like just out of high school so about 19 to 21 22 somewhere yeah. in there yeah about two or three years
0: And it seems like you mentioned Creek and I'm thinking to myself, well, were you riding a shortboard? Were you riding like a a six, one tri-fin that was all bladey and stuff?
2: Yeah. It's definitely kind of all over the place. I mean, sometimes I'd ride thrusters, um, but most of the time I was riding like, you know, fish and other just kind of alternative craft. Yeah. 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 And
0: and so San Onofre, um, did that have a big influence on, on your shaping or was there, is there a surf spot that has an influence on your shaping?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I would say, that's Santa does for sure. Is that that time, um, yeah, I was kind of, man, I don't even know where to put it, but if you call maybe the beginning of the 2000s, kind of like the resurgence of, of long, like longboarding and nose writing the way it's become now. yeah um you know a few years have been into that so it was, at that time i felt like it was pretty ripe and a lot of really good longboarders down at Sano. so yeah i was definitely influential in that part seeing what people were writing and yeah. the things they were doing on the craft so yeah it was pretty cool
0: yeah and how did you get up to ventura and hang hanging out i mean i imagine the trim craft mm.
2: yeah that that's funny that actually happened kind of after i moved up but um Initially, it was just uh, my my wife now, Michaela, she went to school up here um, at uh, Cal State Channel Islands. And once she graduated, she was like, I just want to stay here. And um, I was like, yeah, that's, I think I'll, I kind of want to get out of here. And like, I, I really like winter and coming up here and visiting her. And it was just, it was cool. So we just eventually just moved up here. And yeah, it's been, it's been home ever since. That was, that was about, Six and a half years ago.
0: Yeah. And and where do you do most of your surfing up there?
2: Man, a lot. I mean, kind of all over up and down, but mainly mainly Sea Street. Sea Street's the closest to where we live. It's like a mile away. Yeah. So we can bike there and everything. But yeah, you know, depending on the season, everything, we we'll go down to Oxnard or obviously Recon or kind of areas in between. And
0: yeah. Yeah, I get yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> enough said okay uh, that Ventura is kind of a rough and tumble town i mean in some ways it feels like it's it's pretty it, it has its moments of of kind of saltiness
2: yeah i mean it's it's man I hear, I hear stories about the past like kind yeah. of through the 70s and 80s i mean no it's definitely way gnarlier years ago um, now I mean it's you know a lot it's changed a lot for sure yeah um but it's interesting because as, as it's definitely still has that feel to a degree um and like more recently it's like I've seen like so many Hells Angels riding yeah. around like more than ever before so it's yeah. yeah
0: yeah that's the one thing um and again I don't I'm not a Hells Angels history guy I don't really know but I know <laughs> I'm pretty sure that at some point in the '70s, like the head Hells Angels guy lived in venture Yeah, (laughs) don't hold me to it. I could be wrong. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's got a little biker vibe, which is fine. You know, more power. In a weird way, it's kind of cool. Like it's like there's so many coastal towns in California that have gentrified, just turned. They've all turned into yoga studios with acai bowls next to them. So it's kind of cool to have a little bit of salty kind of. Wild West, yeah, wild floating
2: totally. And it's interesting because that's definitely happening more and more to Ventura. But I think so, you know, sometimes people come up because they they know that that's up there and then they're there and then they realize it is still kind of raw a little bit and it kind of throws them off. But yeah. yeah, so it's a good balance
0: for sure. <laughs> so, what's the number of years now that you've been shaping?
2: Uh, so I started when I was 17. I'm 30 now. So I guess you could call it 13 years, but probably more recently, like nine years actually working in the industry.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: And when you got started, at, like you you mentioned a couple of glass shops, were you primarily shaping or were you also doing other stuff? Were you, were you laminating or sanding or or did you just move right into a shaping bay?
2: Yeah, so I initially, I... I took some boards to Waterman's Guild and I remember like, I, I just dropped some boards off and I was all nervous and then I just kind of left. And then I got, I got a call from Greg Martz and or a text or something. He was like, Hey, he's like, Who? he's like, come over here. I want to meet you. Like, what, what, what the heck is this? You just bring boards to my shop and don't say hi. Like, <laughs> 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 So yeah, I came back and yeah, Greg, Greg is, he's such a great guy. He's uh very kind. And I mean, you know, he's, 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 uh, I guess he can come off a little rough, but it's all love, you know? Yeah. 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 Greg, Greg's amazing. And, um, but he, yeah, I started, I ended up, started working there for a brief amount of time. And at that point I was just like quality control, just QC boards. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, um, and then shortly after I got a job hot coding and thinning at West Fullerman's. So I went down there. And then there is, um, and then I, I ended up stopping working at the glass shops because I was having some health issues, mm-hmm. and basically my doctor was like, "You gotta like get away from the resin; it's just not gonna help the situation right now." Mm-hmm. So then I left the the glass shop thing, and then um, kept shaping. And then I just fortunately I had enough work shaping, so I just kind of kept kept on doing that.
0: Yeah. And as you look back on your time in the glass <clears throat> in the glass shop, do you think it was? Um... You were there? You think it's important that you spend some time QCing boards and laminating, like doing other stuff besides shipping? Do you think that there's maybe something that you made? I don't know. Give me your thoughts on that. Is that important?
2: Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, I think if you're going to build boards and make boards or work in the industry, I think it's a, for sure important to see all the, the realms that, and, and realize how hard the guys in glass shops work, you know, I mean, to see like they're just in there every day breathing those fumes, you know, doing it cause they love it. So for sure. I think it's, it's like, it's such a, an important part of the process, obviously. So if you don't really have an idea of what goes on, then I don't think you're really ever going to fully appreciate it and understand it all. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, I mean, you know, like glassing is also such important design of the board itself when it comes to laminating and sanding and all that stuff so
0: yeah it's all packaged sure and and have you have you given any thought to uh it looks like your boards are mostly just pus with standard six ounce cloth laminated probably mm. by hand have you given any thought to um some of the other tech that's out there like you know vacuum bagging carbon, yeah. stuff like that, or even other foams. Are, are you using other foams?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, definitely, uh, I think about it a lot. Um, I do typically just, it's generally just, you know, poly, polyurethane, uh, polyester resin. Um, luckily, yeah, they got like varial is up here in Ventura, which is pretty fortunate. It's kind of cool that it's so close. Um, and yeah, so I've definitely messed with it a little bit, not a ton. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of tough because especially if you're trying to make variable boards for other people, they are a bit more expensive so not everyone wants to go down that route, you know. Okay. Um, but I've definitely taken, a, you know, a handful of boards over just to get even um, PU blanks glass at their glass shop with the vacuum bagging
0: because,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's, I mean, the vacuum bagging thing definitely excites me. I yeah. think there's definitely something there for sure.
0: Yeah. Like less resin in the weave, a stronger bond, perhaps.
2: Yeah. and I think, you know, if you compare it to other industries like aerospace or something, you know, where obviously they're, they got to get everything really precise and technical and yeah. that's how they're doing a lot of what, when they're laminating things. So it's like, okay, well, if you know, these scientists are using that technology, then maybe we can make better boards of it.
0: <laughs> yeah and how's the how's the um i'm very intrigued by varial foam and i i've interviewed those guys before on this show and and i actually have a variable varial blank that Mm. i need to get done at some point um how does that foam do you think compare to pu and your personal experience not necessarily shaping it but yeah shaping it but also in in surfing because it feels like it would just be real i don't know it feels when i hold the blank i'm excited about it for some reason
2: yeah i know there's there's definitely yeah it's it's weird it's like it's it's dense but in like the best way possible yeah it just feels like it just feels like all of the cells in the blank are just like where they need to be
0: you know it feels really tight and yeah
2: yeah yeah. it's me i am
0: always to me it feels like if I was to have a ball, so blank, but it was foam. It feels hmm. like a balsa yeah. blank, foam blank.
2: Uh, interesting, yeah.
0: Well, um, what about EPS? No, yes, no, maybe so.
2: Man, I, I mean, I'm open to it. I think the hardest part with EPS is, especially over the last few years, like I couldn't find anyone to glass it. You know, yeah. I think... Yeah, when, every, when the glass shops were just slammed over the years of COVID. Yeah. It's like everyone is so big, like, like nobody was doing uh, epoxy. Yeah. And I just didn't have the time to just do it myself. So I just haven't, unfortunately, it's, it's a road I've always wanted to venture down, but just haven't really, I, mean, I made a couple, but I just like, yeah, I haven't really put a ton of time to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah. What do you think about EPS and epoxy?
0: Well, I, I think all foams are real personal, you know, like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a big believer in there's no one right way, you know, mm. personally, I have problems with EPS. I'm just I've been riding PU for so long. There's some dampening quality. There's something to it. Yeah. Um, and I always refer to a Skip Fry quote that I saw somewhere that's been attributed to him. And, and it's that a surfboard's at its best about two weeks before it delaminates, it's just just completely like the dampening's perfect it's like an old pair of slippers like those rainbow sandals that have like your feet worn into them you know what i mean yeah
2: yeah totally
0: so um but i'm also and i want to get your insights on this i don't know if you have i'm a i've had two or three of javier's xtr foam blanks which is different than eps eps is expanded xtr is extruded Mm. and that stuff and his glassing schedule those boards were felt great uh and I'm, I'm not sure if you're if you're familiar with xtr at all
2: yeah i remember seeing it um around but i'm not super familiar with it um yeah but i know the like the like Shinard and patio gunning exactly. guys are doing that stuff too Yeah.
0: Exactly. yeah
2: yeah that seems cool because yeah it is interesting that definitely seems to have a different feel to it when you go pick up like a, a Fletcher chenard board compared yeah. to just a like a uh, yeah regular eps
0: yeah i i've i've always been a fan of that stuff and um and i've try i've tried to i've really tried to like eps um and i have a few eps boards here and, and i know there's a place for them and i know guys love them and more power too yeah what about PU brands? There's, you know, there's obviously there's US, there's Arctic, there's Millennium. Mm-hmm. There's probably a few others, maybe that I'm not thinking of. But do yeah. you think there's a difference? Do you notice a difference in any of the PU brands? Is there just one that you use and you haven't tried the others? Or where are you with that? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So I, I pretty much right now, I was using US pretty much exclusively for a long time. And then more recently, kind of the last maybe six eight months, I started to use more Millennium. I'd used some Millennium for certain things over the years, and then yeah, just recently, I just kind of started to try to use it again. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of I'm kind of splitting it right now, half and half. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been and I've been happy with with the results from Millennium for sure. Um, yeah. I think, man, yeah, it's. It's tough. It's, you know, every board is so, even if it's the same, it's different. Yeah. So it's really hard to like, I feel like it's going to have to be years down the line before really noticing like, okay, these are the distinct differences, you know, between the two poly brands.
0: Yeah. Yes. It, I'm, I'm interested in that because I'm, I often ask myself, does the end consumer need to know what their center mm-hmm. of their support is, like the brand it is, you know, like, yeah, you know, and, and uh, the answer is, I don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a fair, man, that's a fair question. Um, and probably it's to say, yeah, just like, it's probably just comes down to the, the person, you know, I'm sure if they're actually interested, then they'd ask. Yeah, but I think t- most
0: people. 90% of us, it, we're not good enough to even know the difference anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't think, maybe a couple of times, I don't know if I've ever had anyone to specifically ask for a certain type of blank, you know? Like, I want US, like, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, when somebody comes to you and they're like, hey, look, I need um, a certain stringer layup, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I've never, I I would imagine that they're all, all the brands are able to take care of you.
2: Yeah, between um, US for sure. I mean, US is incredible in that regard. It, it, all, it honestly it blows me away how how quickly they're and how good they are at that stuff. Um, Millennium does a great job too, um, but yeah, you could just write up the craziest, you know, stringer glue up, and then a week later, just there it is. Like, yeah, they're the wood shop and everything they have there, And their rockering sections, like it's incredible. Yeah, it so, definitely makes it easy on on us, you know. Think mm-hmm. about back in the day when you know you just had to buy the blanket string it yourself. I know. And it's like.
0: Get <laughs> out a saw and cut the thing. And pull it <laughs> yeah. Up. yeah. Um, high density foam, like doing trippy stuff with like wedge stringers and adding high density foam. Like you'd see boards like, for instance, the Bing Pipeliner. There were so many boards, UFOs. Yeah. There were so many boards back in the 60s that had these trippy high density foam wedges and stuff. Is that mm-hmm. something that you're interested in playing with?
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think. I mean, at, at this rate, I feel like majority of the wedges and the, you know, is more so to get like that colored foam in there, mm-hmm. you know? So I feel like more than not, I'm definitely, as far as if it's long boards and that sort of thing, yeah. I'll definitely mess more with the actual flex and with the actual wood in the board and kind of leave the the wedges and the high density foam more just up for the, the color design aspect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What What number board are you on? Do you number your boards?
2: Yeah, oh, man. What? what um, uh, yeah, it's it's basically like hand shapes. It's about eighteen hundred. I think it's, I think it's just over eighteen hundred hand shapes, and then within that, I mean, just from bunch bunch more scrubs from yeah. over the years. So yeah. yeah other
0: words. Did you start numbering right away? Or were you like, oh shit, I've done a hundred boards. I better start numbering these uh,
2: Yeah, yeah, actually, I actually just kind of kept journals in the beginning and yeah, they've gotten less and less detailed over the years. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Right
0: at the beginning, yeah, they were pretty much, okay. Plug the planer in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, that's so simple. Um, what's the most challenging board for you to shape?
2: Oh man. Probably anything new. You know? yeah. yeah. I think, man, it's as far as what I'm doing. I think, I mean, nose riders are always a good challenge. I feel like, because there's so many, I feel like there's so many things changing the whole way. Yeah. Like the rail, the whole way is changing. The rocker, there's minute changes all the way through. Then you're yeah, adding concave, whatever. So, I think, you know, and if you throw extra stringers in there and everything, that definitely becomes a lot of work.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it would seem like a nose rider would be, you um, create a lot of anxiety, like, okay, I've done everything I'm supposed to do here, but if this guy, you know, especially like a great surfer, you get a yeah. great, surfer that's a great nose rider, and he's like, brings the board back, he's like, nope. <laughs> you know? <laughs>
2: yeah, totally, yeah.
0: Um, yeah but I know, think that's... Yeah, Right.
2: Sorry, yeah. No, yeah, I think um, that's something I think is important a lot of times though, you know? And I think, I wish more people were okay with doing, in a sense, is if, you know, if a shaper builds you a board or shapes you a board, you get it built. And it's not quite what you want. You know, I think it's important to bring it back and talk about it and yeah. do it again, you know? Cause I think so often it's like, if people jump around here to there, And not quite ever end up getting what they really want i think it's important to really if you put the time in with a shaper that you you know like and trust and everything i think you know down the road you're going to get to a point that you're going to be really happy with versus if you just kept kind of bouncing around
0: yeah it's an interesting problem right because i mean we've all ordered boards from maybe guys that we don't really know that well and last thing we Mm -hmm. want to do is go i don't really like this board but i I don't really want to tell the guy that I don't really. Yeah, yeah,
2: know. for sure. I, yeah, I get that. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, maybe it's a thing where you tell the guy up front hey, yeah, like if you commit to me for three boards, we're going to nail it. I, we might nail it on the first board. I don't know.
2: Yeah, but, yeah. I, I'll tell people that a lot. To, if you know, if I can kind of sense that, you know, surfboards aren't cheap. And yeah. so sometimes, you know, people get like, okay, like they want a new board, but I can just kind of feel that they're a little like apprehensive. Yeah. And so when I get that, you know, I I tell—I mean, I say it to everyone, but I'm like, you know, if, if you ride this thing handful of times and you're like, it's just not it. I'm like, bring it back. Like, we'll remake it, you know, we'll do it again. Cause like, yeah, that's, you know, we're not, we're not doing this to get rich. Like, you know, I want, I want everyone to be happy. So that's what it's about. Like, I want to do my best for everyone. So
0: yeah. There And and from my own experience, I, I work with guys that I know, I can, and they demand that I go, nope, didn't this one's not it, or this one's kind of it, and this is why, or whatever. And then there mm-hmm. are other guys where I'm like, I'm just going to go back to my other guy. <laughs> you know
2: what I mean? Yeah, 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 totally. Huh,
0: it's interesting, the lack of communication or the communication. Tell me about... Mm-hmm. Um, what's your comfort level with well what what are your thoughts on this the age-old debate nowadays um handshape versus computer shape where do you stand on all of this
2: yeah i mean i love handshaping but i'm open to it all i just started using the machine kind of end of last year
0: yeah.
2: and i mean yeah it's it's definitely an important tool to have you know i think my personal journey with it, I was like, I've never been opposed to it. It was just, I enjoyed hand shaping, and I never got to a point where I really needed it. And then I said, I would start working for Hobie and like they wanted their boards hand shaped, So I just kept handshaping.
1: Yeah. And
2: then, um, and then, yeah. Dur- and then during COVID when it got just so busy and then I'd be doing like 10 of the same model, you know?
0: Yeah.
2: And that's, that's where it hit me. I was just like, like what am, what? am I doing? You know, I just, at that point, I really just felt like a machine, and it, and it it just kind of felt started to feel like my time wasn't being spent in the best way possible, you know. And I'm like, you know, by the tenth board, I'm like, you might be getting a little tired, you know, might be a little, you know. So I'm like, if I can just dial in the shape and take away that grunt work, and then put that other time to things that are more v- valuable, then yeah, and it's it's been great. I've been super happy with it.
0: That's that's really great insight. And are, so are you a shape 3D guy or do you use Aku or what's the software? Mm. Uh,
2: yeah, I've I've been using Aku mainly because my computer is too old to get the new shape three D. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, so I've I've been I've been using Aku.
0: Oh great. Um do you have any interest in the WSL and the World Championship Tour and these Guys writing these incredible, sort of like, I don't know, for lack of a better phrase, Formula One type surfboards.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, I I have all the respect in the world for it because I think you know, it's obviously like those guys are pushing the future and the boundaries of what surfing is. So I have the most respect for it. It's isn't. It, I've never paid super close attention to it. Um. I'll kind of come come and go with it, you know, with 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 my interest level, um, but I mean, you know, it's like the the boards that I'm focused on. It's mostly you know long boards and alternative stuff. So I'm just kind of my headspace is in a little different area, um, but when I come across it, I, I enjoy it. But it's yeah, it's not something I'm focused on, I guess.
0: And have you ever thought about the World Longboard Tour? And are there maybe there's people that are riding your boards there?
2: Mm yeah interesting um yeah no no one's riding my boards on the the longboard tour it'd be be fun to work with someone to do that um but
0: what if somebody yeah uh i want said i want a three fin performance longboard to rip on would you (laughs) would you vomit a little bit in your mouth or would you
2: no 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 not at all you know i think it's it's just like kind of to degree, the EPS versus poly debate. People like what they like, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I think that's, so, yeah, if, if I can help them do what they want to do, then sure, that'd be, be great.
0: Yeah. What <laughs> does you look like? What are you riding? How many boards do you have? And what do you sort of grab? And what's in your car? Oh, right? man.
2: Yeah, I've... Uh, lately, I mean, been riding a been of a lot of big boards. Mm-hmm. glider type stuff I've been pretty focused on that the last few years
0: how long, how long Um, long
2: are your gliders generally around eleven o. yeah yeah i've I had a 10.6 i was riding for a bit and then i've had some 12.0s but i felt like eleven o just kind of seems like the right zone
0: yeah it's funny i i was riding o's for a while and i've found mm-hmm. i'm now going to i'm riding a 10.6 which yeah sound is just it's not as sexy as an you know. you are know, but the 10 six <laughs> seems to be just the perfect number for whatever.
2: Yeah. Like. Yeah. It's definitely a size where you still very much get the glider feeling, but it's, I mean, that's six inches. It, it sounds silly, but like, it definitely makes the board way more maneuverable.
0: Yeah. And, and I'm also in that really weird conundrum where I'm like, I think I could actually nose ride this thing, you know, like 11- yeah. i'm not going up there i don't even wax it up there you know <laughs> because you're supposed to just be crazy and trimming and stuff yeah. but i find on the 10-6 i'm like wow this board works so good maybe i should wax the nose and try to sneak up there and of course there's some belly up there that makes it really difficult and yeah I just get into that weird head space where i'm like maybe i should have my guy build me a 10-6 glider that nose rides and now i'm yeah. off the reservation you know
2: <laughs> yeah is that
0: doable by the way is that something that, that we could do like does that make sense to you or does that take away from the whole thing
2: right i've yeah that's a good question i think about it a lot honestly i think more so i think a lot more of okay how can i incorporate glider elements into nose rider so something that's more like 9 6 10 0. but well, the the long like 10 6 11, 0 nose rider thing it's tricky i think you know the you can definitely do it but there's something that seems to not for whatever reason it doesn't work quite right compared to say like a 9.6 or a ten o. there's something that just kind of throws it off with that length I find it just seems like with the rocker and overall mm-hmm. of that length that you need it's like once the board starts to kind of tip as you're going to the nose mm-hmm. it just doesn't work quite right and yeah, it's tricky for sure. I think I mean it could. I think it could be done, but I think it would yeah. definitely take some some work to get there.
0: Yeah, it's weird. It, uh, as you mentioned that, I'm like maybe we flatten out the tail, so that when we do go up there, the tail stays engaged because it feels like yeah so much tippiness that once I get up there, maybe the tail pops out or the rail little totally. Little.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: But then uh, as soon as we flatten out the tail, I can't turn the board. <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Can't totally. Is, that's
2: yeah that's tricky for sure but it's exciting what what a what big board are you riding
0: i've got one that roy sanchez made me that i actually bought straight oh. off the rack i brought it brand new off the rack i just looked at it and went oh this thing looks really cool um i forget the the he's got a name for it oh the dreadnought okay well. okay and um man it, it works great and i've got an 11 foot nice. that travis reynolds made and i've got an andre mm-hmm. And they're all great, you know, probably the greatest glider I ever had was, a, was an Andrini that was just super buttery, but I'm a big fan. Yeah. It keeps me in the water, keeps you in the water.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I find it, it honestly, I feel like it helps the other, my other surfing. I don't know if you felt the same way, but there's like that uh, the slow down approach to it. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're really feeling and thinking about every movement And I almost feel like once I get on a smaller board, then it's like everything's kind of smoothed out a little bit.
0: Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. And, um, and I, in fact, I feel like there's something about just riding a single fin in general, that Mm. it allows me to um, kind of pull back the reins a little bit, and sit back on the fin and feel the board out from there, rather than kind of getting up on a board and getting out in front of it. Yeah, it's going and getting chaotic and so I'm a big fan and I do believe that yeah. it's important part of the quiver. What about your fishes? I, I see fishes on your Instagram. And they look like heels, right? Do you, mm-hmm. are you focusing on any quad fins at all?
2: <laughs> um, yeah, that's funny. That's like where my head's, I've been telling myself to go for a while. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, so, I have made some more double bump quads lately, know, double wing quads. Um, and to me that design really makes a lot of sense. So yeah, it's kind of, one of those things where it's like, I keep wanting to go there. And then if I just keep getting orders for, you know, just twin fishes, so yeah. it kind of pulls me back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah.
0: How how much do you weigh? Like, do you build your own board? Like, see, it feels like you should make yourself a double bump quad for yourself. And just yeah. you know, I'm sure you're so busy, you're like, dude, I don't have time to make my own boards.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, no, I definitely do. Yeah. That's um, it's funny. I have one that's like kind of halfway shaped right now that I'm making myself. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm six, I'm six two, about like one sixty-five.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um what about this electric surfboard acid test that stabbed us? Have you ever been invited to participate in that?
2: I did. I think it might have been the first one with Dane Reynolds. Um, but I shaped the board for Trimcraft. Um, yeah, it was kind of funny because it was um, they basically wanted to get a Pavel fish for the acid test right. for Dane to ride. But they couldn't get a Pavel. So the next thing was, okay, we can get a trim craft because that's the Pavel Fish model. And then mm-hmm. I ended up shaping it.
0: Did you get so, the yeah. or did, you, did you lose credit? Yeah. <laughs> it awesome.
2: I remember like when it popped up on the screen, it said something like, you know, like trim craft Pavel Fish by Michael Arnold or something like that. Just right. like, okay, yeah. But no, I mean, it's, I mean, it's kind of insane. I look at it now, I'm like, okay, I got the credit of shaping like this Pavel fish for this thing. So it's pretty cool. I think yeah. I'd, I'd rather do that than like, you know, I'll just shape my own thing.
0: <laughs> I mean, if they call you right now, would you be psyched? If they're like, hey, let's get Michael to do a board for the electric surfboard test thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be super fun for sure. Yeah. I think that's kind of something that's almost kind of pushes you have the, the, WSL in a sense pushing the performance level of surfing and then these guys are almost kind of pr- pushing the alternative side of surfing so yeah. super cool
0: well relative to some of the designs that you're making or is there anybody that you're like wow that guy there's one guy that I'm kind of I see his stuff and I'm like whoo that thing's tight mm-hmm. or maybe oh, there isn't man. I don't mean to yeah but maybe you're just so focused that there's nobody out there that's you know
2: no yeah I mean I fe- yeah it's it's kind of hard I feel like these days, I'm pretty much focused on like the, the guys around me that I yeah. hang with my friends and stuff, you know? Um, um, but yeah, I've kind of-
0: The reason, I mean, I'll tell you at, what, there's a guy yeah. that, that blows, that I look at his stuff and I'm, I'm intrigued, yeah. And mostly because I can't ride a 50-50 rail longboard. I'd rather have a little bit of an edge in it, you know? Mm-hmm. This, these are 50-50 rail boards, these longboards I'm I'm talking about. But he's done something to it that he swears that I'll be able to do a bottom turn. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Instead of just bogging. And it's uh-huh. Michael Takayama's Michael longboards that yeah. his, I think his son Kai rides them. And they they look intriguing. I've never ridden them, but yeah
2: yeah no that's def- that would definitely be a guy for sure that's um i mean i think he's piqued the interest of a lot of people you see those guys riding those boards and they're just yeah it really is kind of pushing that level and the envelope of of longboarding in a sense where like okay they're still getting these insane nose rides but yeah they're turning them yeah. well so yeah that's kind of i think that's kind of the next i think he's kind of forefronting that next frontier yeah. you know i just kind of feel like and that's kind of what I was talking about earlier with like incorporating glider aspects of boards with nose riders. Because I kind of feel like it's getting to the point where nose riders have come back and they've been popular. But I think there's going to get to a point where people want to start to do other things. Yeah. You know, and I think that's kind of like where Michael's going with those boards is, okay, we're still nose riding, but we're kind of kicking it up a notch in a sense.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I have some Wayne Riches that are like that where I go to Wayne. Again. Yeah. You know he knows me really well we're almost best friends and he and he mm. knows i do not want a 50 50 rail tail you know I, yeah. need, I need an edge back there because i'm just i just need to do a bottom turn Like without doing a bottom yeah. turn i got nothing and i need to project out of a turn and he's made me some boards that have a little magic in them you know that have a little yeah uh, to do a bottom turn and and i do yeah. I, I, cj nelson comes to mind there's a lot of guys that Kind of in this like pig mode where they're like, look, I just kind of want to like sit back on the fin and kind of and sh- do mm-hmm. this, and then I'll drive into a turn and walk up to the nose.
2: Right, right. Yeah, what Wayne's boards are insane. That's it's it's so cool, and it's nice because he, he you, like I feel like every, like whenever I see a board of his, it's always different. You know, obviously he has his models he does, but it's like he has such a wide range. Yeah, it's really cool. And then, man, yeah, like I feel like. Uh, it was a little bit ago now, but I remember like seeing Troy Mother's head on that ring con. Mm-hmm. He's just like riding the sports, riding his way so well, and he, he popped out and he's like on a Wayne rich. Like dang, like, like a good good combo right there, <laughs> Troy on a <the> Wayne. <laughs> oh, that
0: is a good combo. Yeah, That's a good combo for
1: sure.
0: Wow. <laughs> well, um look, I know that Bing Copeland's excited to have what he described to me as. New, exciting talented shapers. and he's selected you to be one of the eight shapers in the shape off coming up here in October at the boardroom show. Um, do you have any idea what board you're going to be shaping it? There's three rounds and three different boards. If you get through the rounds, you you shape a different board. but round one yeah. have you given it any thought or you're just not haven't even gone there yet?
2: No, I've definitely given it thought. I've been trying to trying to figure it out talking with with friends and you know, um uh like my buddy chris carlo at hobie yeah he's i mean he's such a yeah you know chris like he he's a history nerd especially when it comes to surfing so i've been talking to him to try to get his like thoughts on you know what it could be and we've run through it and yeah um it's it's tough because we're trying to like the thing that i'm thinking about is there's obviously like certain models that it for sure obviously you know i feel like I could pick out a few and it's probably going to be in there yeah. but then there's ones that have really in, like a, a lot of like wood and stringers and i'm yeah. like okay is us gonna supply all those blanks for like six blanks for people to, or eight blanks whatever it is
0: yeah okay
2: maybe they'll do that one for the final you know they just need two so i <laughs> <to> like the- <laughs> try to figure that out yeah
0: Oh, we've got you right where we want you michael this is gonna be fun
2: (laughs) yeah but man it's it's super cool it's like it's really it's it's been super enjoyable i mean i'm really excited um you know i'm super honored super excited to be there because i think it's it's definitely just pushing and shaping in a different way and making my brain work in a different way and it's yeah it's it's super fun to think about
0: yeah i mean um Bing is Bing offers so much for this competition because you can open the Bing book, you know, there, there's a book that mm-hmm. uh, Bing, and look at them all the models, and it's ridiculous. Like there's just yeah. so many models, especially in the transition era, you know, like the, yeah. the Maui Foil and blah blah blah. There's just a million of them. And then before that, of course, you've got you know, you've got a, a David Nueva nose rider. you've got the Bing Pipeliner. You've got yeah. there's the, the, the David Nueva, the a lightweight, and then you go. I mean, it's crazy how many designs that he that are available mm-hmm. to us to choose, and he's of course picking them. And and yeah, uh, it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah. What do you know about Thomas Bexon? Thomas surfboards. He's going to be competing against you, in Australia. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, there's another guy who's is talking about kind of pushing things. I mean, yeah. I don't. I've never met thomas i don't think and then but yeah i think that that was a really really exciting name to hear who's going to be there yeah, yeah i'm really curious to see him there and see what he does it's going to be awesome
0: yeah, yeah. i'm really excited too and there's some other guys like um wayne rich of course is in the competition Roger yeah Collins, um dane yeah. from down here who's mm-hmm. from santa cruz he's making some really unique longboards. yeah thin um the fins he's using or positioning of them are kind of weird.
2: Yeah. Yeah, those those things are, are really, really intriguing. Because yeah, I mean they're they're so wild looking, but then you see somebody surfing like, oh, they're working. So
0: And Dane surfs incredible on him. He's an incredible surfer. Mm. Um, and then there's Josh Peterson who won the shape off on yeah. the East coast. Do you know Josh?
2: Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, I know Joshua. Um yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be super cool, Josh. I mean, he's, I'm, I'm definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm nervous for everyone, you know, to go. But everyone is such an incredible shaper yeah. there. But Josh is like, yeah, he's a, he's a really good board builder, really dialed. So,
0: yeah, he's yeah, he's like you. He's a talented young man. That's you know, I mean, I know you're not young, but yeah. relative to my age, no, like thanks, so thanks, God. <laughs> And then Hank Warner, who's, I mean, Hank Warner's built everything. That guy has, you know, he's just a legend. So, anyway, that's a
2: a good lineup. That's like,
0: it's a gnarly lineup.
2: Yeah. Being
0: chose him and being, and and the reason is because he's, he only chose people that he knows can, like, there's people that can make a shortboard and there's people that can make a longboard, but are there people that can do it all? And that's Mm. where, he I believe his thinking was when he chose the eight, the eight shapers. So mm-hmm. that'd be interesting. Also, by the way, there's a best in show thing that we do. Well, you know, you won it. Yeah. This year yeah, best with Hobie. I... The, yeah, you did with Hobie, right? Mm. So this year the best in show is the Bonzer. So the Bonzer mm. brothers, Malcolm and Duncan, are gonna be there to judge best in show this year. And they're just cool. asking everyone to build a bonds or so anyone's, anyone, anyone listening, that's a board builder, uh, anyone around the world is allowed to enter this thing and it's free to enter. And there's, yeah. uh, there's money, there's a thousand dollars for first place. And that's going to be kind awesome. of fun too. A totally separate deal than the, than the Bing thing, but the best in show. Yeah. Same. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that you'll build a board for that as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. I would love to do that. Is it, um, cause I feel like the last maybe not last year but i can't, I can't remember is there two vested shows Is there's like an alternative one or how does yeah
0: sometimes there's two categories this year we just have uh-huh. one simple category okay they, oh, i, I think malcolm and duncan are just asking you to make a, a something's got to have a double barrel bottom down there by okay. the tail it's got to have three or five bins and, and um okay and that's the only okay thing. so there's
2: a criteria of what it needs to yeah,
0: Bonser. Bonzer is basically it. If you know what a Bonzer is, then you're in business. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah. I know making making something totally, totally out of the box, but still in the yes. in the realm. But
0: yeah. exactly. We want you to be creative, you know. Cool. Sure. Okay. Well, look, Michael, we've said a lot. We had a great talk. Um, I appreciate you being here this morning. I know you're busy. Um, but like I said, we're excited to have you in the boardroom show. Um yeah, Michael's thank you. should be good
2: yeah yeah thank you thank you so much for for chatting it was great to talk with you and catch up on all this it was was fun
0: yeah buddy well look you know how to get a hold of me we'll chat soon thanks again bud
2: awesome sounds good thanks scott